Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, back from a brief hiatus, we're going to talk with Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, about USC spring football. Of course, that starts tomorrow, March 8th. Uh, spring football will be six weeks. They'll take one week off in the middle, three practices a week. So we're going to talk a little preview of what's going on with spring football, answer a couple of questions. If you have questions for us, Harvey Hyde's back in the rotation again. Give him a, you can give us a call, uh, tell you want to leave a message for Coach Harvey Hyde. 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or you can do it on our website, peristylepodcast.com. You can also email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. And of course, if you want to give the show a little rating, you can do that on itunes.com slash peristylepodcast. You can find the show all over the place on Stitcher, on Audio Boom. Uh, we're everywhere. Just search Peristyle Podcast. You should be able to find us and listen to it however you would like. Well, let's bring in the coach. He is on. I don't know if you're staying dry, coach. It, it was pouring down here in the South Bay. We had, I think it was even some hail, some crazy weather. We never get weather here, so it was kind of nice to have a little weather this morning. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we delayed our podcast a little bit because I had to come in and get dried off a little bit. It was coming down up here, and... uh now I'm ready to go. A little rain will never hurt you, and uh, it gets you a little bit more fresher and ready to go. And I think most people are looking forward to seeing this rain, Ryan. I, it's been uh, talked about coming for a while, and uh, we certainly do need it. Yeah, we need it. That's what everyone. That's always everyone says in Southern California. We need it whenever it rains. It just doesn't rain very often here, so which is good. We like that. We like the. Uh, that's why most of us live here. We want the sunshine. Um, I want to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, SCTickets.com. Or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. If you need anything, you could have got tickets for that Lakers-Warriors game where the Lakers actually won and beat Steph Curry. That was kind of crazy. But if you want tickets here in Southern California or across the country, you can go to sctickets.com, and they will hook you up. And, uh, Coach, okay, so we got to jump into spring football. You had a little time off, some time to reflect, think about what's going on here. Every spring football is different. It's... You know, sometimes for the veterans, it really doesn't mean a whole lot for those guys battling for a position. And, you know, we could talk about the quarterback position. It, of course, means a ton. But for me, coach, this, this time around, because it's Clay Helton's first ever spring football as a head coach, like this is the first time he's ever going to do it. You got a first time offensive coordinator, T. Martin. He's never called plays before. He's going to be doing that. You got, you know, uh, Kenichi Udeze, first time. Coach on the defensive line, full-time basis, uh, putting a new staff together, bringing people in. To me, it's a pretty important spring football for USC just because there's so many new moving parts and kind of what they do here to me sets you guys up, you know, sets them up for what's going to happen, uh, in the fall when you're actually getting ready for the season. Well, Ryan, I have to agree with you 100% on everything. I think everybody's looking to see exactly what to expect uh, from Clay Helton and the USC Trojan football program. At least I am. Uh, is it going to be the same as what it's been over the last couple of head coaches, the same offense, same defense, same practice procedures, 
the whole thing. Are they going to practice in the morning? They're going to practice in the afternoon. Uh, they're going to practice obviously now in the afternoon for the spring, which is good. There's so many questions on exactly what's going to happen with this program. And looking into the spring, this is what I'm looking at. You have a bunch of new coaches that are working together, and I hope bring a lot of new ideas to the program as what can be constructive and help the entire program, offensively, defensively, off-season, special teams with John Baxter back, the, the whole thing. You've got to put a, a bandage and stop the bleeding at USC. There's been a lot of bleeding going on in the football program, you know, a lot of high expectations over the last couple of years, uh, last year being ranked as far as fourth in the country in preseason magazines and then ending up with a disappointing season, not for most universities, but for USC and with all the controversies that went along with it. So I'm looking at to see exactly a new start. I would like to favor a new start completely. I'm talking about practice schedules, Ryan. I'm talking about when I go there, I want to see different warm-ups, different stretching. I want to see a new attitude, different type of agility drills. Uh, what is going on? I know that we're still going to be in the playpen as far as media is concerned, so it's going to be very difficult for us to see the entire field. But I'm going to try to observe to see is it going to be a library atmosphere with a lot of music, or is it going to be a football type of field where people are getting after it and trying to become a football program. You have, you know, 15 days to decide who your starters are with the new offense, the new defense, the new philosophy, the new identities. And when I talk about identities, who is USC going to be? When you watch them play, who are they? Are they a running team or are they a running team that people talk about being a running team, but really they're a passing team? Are they an aggressive defensive football team or are they one that are aggressive only once in a while? Do they tackle well all the time, or do they just tackle well once in a while? Now, these are the things I'm looking at, and I'm going to try to observe this through the spring, spring as far as the coaching techniques, the, the philosophy, the atmosphere on the practice field, uh, the whole package. I mean, is there going to be some changes? Are we going to see the same uh, warm-ups? Are we going to see the same practice schedule? Are we going to see all of the above, or are we going to see a new head coach with his philosophy, bringing in his philosophy, are you going to act tough or be tough type of attitude? And uh, I think this is what I'm looking for. And uh, whatever offense they've decided to run or run the same offense or develop a new offense or whatever defense they're going to try to run, I want to see then who they have playing in these personnel spots because it's key where you place your players. You've heard me say you always want your players on the field and you want to take advantage of your players' abilities. So this, again, is going to be something I'm going to be looking for in the spring. So I could go on and on and on, but I just want to answer that question to you as quickly as I could. No, I mean, I agree with you, Coach. And that's that's what – so it's open practice for everybody. So if you don't know, uh, Tuesday, Thursday afternoons, and then Saturday mornings, um, you can go out and watch – but that's what I want to see. Is it going to be the same? And I think we've seen like some similar stuff that were kind of, you know, stuff that maybe left over from Pete Carroll. We saw Lane Kiffin do and we saw Steve Sarkeesian do. Are we going to see Clay Helton kind of follow the same line? And is it going to look the same or is it going to be fairly different? And I, I'm with you. I kind of think there should, should be some changes, like change things up. And I, for, you know, I don't know how difficult that is, coach, over in the couple of months that he's been the head coach to, 
to install a whole bunch of new stuff for spring football with all the recruiting stuff going on. Maybe you can speak to that. But I think it's worth the time just to, he's got to put his own stamp on this. And um, I'm curious to see when you go out for practice, you kind of get in this routine when we're watching on the sidelines. You're like, oh, I know this is what's going on next. They do this, they do that, blah, blah, blah. Are we going to be like, wow, I haven't seen him do that before? I kind of, I'm kind of hoping to say, wow, I haven't seen him do that before, at least a few times during practice. No, and I, and I agree with you. And I, and I think that everybody's looking for the same, right? I don't think it's just us. That everyone is looking forward to seeing uh, what the new product is at USC. A lot of people are predicting different things as far as how good this football team could be. And everyone is anxious to find out who these new coaches are and what they bring to USC. So there's a lot of questions to be answered, you know, like philosophy, like you mentioned on the field. What is the jersey going to be? Is it going to be tucked in? Is it going to hang out? Are they going to have uh, their socks pulled up? Are they going to wear different color socks? Are they going to wear, I mean, the whole philosophy of this is USC Trojan football. And I think that you can look at this to see are they going to be a disciplined team as far as on the field with their parents and then to the way they act as far as football players, or is it going to be just, you know, this and that and, you know, pretend like uh, this is what we're supposed to do and not really know why we're doing it. So uh, I think that this is what I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to a lot of changes, which I hope happen. And uh, I'm looking for, I hope, a very positive outcome of what the new changes will bring. Yeah, and speaking of changes, Coach, one of the changes will be at quarterback. The one thing we do know is Cody Kessler will not be under center for USC in the spring or, of course, in the fall. He's moved on, going to try his luck at the NFL. And so a lot of talk about the quarterback position. Um and so let's, maybe that's the first position we'll kind of talk, talk about in this pr- spring preview. We have a international question. We got Neil from Manila. He says, how much of a shot does Sam Darnold have of winning that quarterback competition? Clay Helton said that his first priority for a quarterback is to be a great passer. Is Sam Darnold that good throwing the ball? And is he, is he a threat to win over Max Brown? Thanks and fight on Neil all the way from Manila. Well, Neil, let me try to answer your question this way. I think Sam Darnold's an outstanding quarterback, but if I'm Clay Helton and if I'm Max Brown, this is the way I look at the quarterback position at USC currently right now. Max Brown is my starter. Now they say it's going to be wide open. Hey, how can it be wide open when you've coached this kid for two and a half years? You know his ability. You know he's the next man up. It's his starting position to lose. That's why I look at it. You've got to give guys the confidence that this is the guy. Now, if he's not going to be the guy, then you guys prove to me that he's not going to be. That's the other quarterback competing for his position. You want to go into the spring developing leadership on your football team, not the fall. You want to say, this is the guy we recruited you, Gatorade Player of the Year. He can throw the football. He's been behind Barkley. This is your turn. Now, if you can't get it done, you'll know it. The team will know it. And if we have to make a change, and the whole team agrees to the change. But to open it up and have it equal, I don't think it should be equal. Uh, This guy now, it's not that Clay Helton hasn't seen him. He's coached him. And the other coaches know who he is. So I, I just think that if you're going to the spring saying, this is the guy, the other people have been here a year, as Sam Darnold has, and Matt Fink's a new one, and the other 
quarterback Green has moved around and doing different things. Hey, Max Brown's our guy, and he's going to be our guy until he loses that job. That builds confidence in him and makes him work harder to keep his job, and it drives the other quarterbacks to prove they should be the guy. So I don't like going into the spring saying when a guy's waited two and a half years for his day, well, it's going to be wide open. I just think that shows lack of confidence in, first of all, your coaching during the past two and a half years and the ability of quarterbacks you're recruiting to fit your style of offense or whatever you plan on doing. So that's the way I feel about the quarterback situation. I think Sam Darnold has an opportunity, but he's got to beat out somebody to get that opportunity. It's not going to be equal reps. It's going to be this is our guy to get ready for, you know, Alabama. You're not equal reps getting ready for Alabama. You've got to have a guy ready to step in there and know you believe in him and get it done and get to know his receivers. Now, if he can't do that, then obviously the whole team would even vote for another change at quarterback. So let it be that way. That's the way I look at it. The way they do it, I have no idea. We'll see. We will see. It should be very interesting. Uh, Matt Finkel will be in the mix as well, but not a, not really a realistic shot to win the starting spot there. Um, but yeah, I, I think Max Brown so heard so many good things about Sam Darnold from coaches, especially when he was running the scout team last year. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, what about running backs, coach? Uh, you know, Trey Madden's now moved on. Do you think it's just going to be kind of a sharing thing with Justin Davis and Ronald Jones or, or well, Dominic Davis and Aka Cedric Ware kind of get in the mix? What do you think about the running backs? Well, uh, you know, when I look at that, I think you have two definite backs that have gotten more experience than the other backs, not that they're not great backs. But I think that uh, Justin Davis, being a senior now, has got more experience, and I thought he played well. And I think him and Jones should be the one-two, and the other two fighting it out, along with the uh, freshman coming in from Hawaii, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Oh, uh, but, yeah, Vave Malapai. Oh, Malapai, yes, yeah. coming in, who's a different type of stronger type of running back, tough guy. I'm not sure if they're planning on running a two-back type of set or a one-back type of set or a one-back type of set with with an H-back and utilize their two big tight ends as far as off the line of scrimmage in motion, setting the formations and doing different things as far as replacing the fullback as a blocker and a receiver, being that they're 6'6 and 6'5, and they should be able to cause mismatches. So I really don't know what the theory is as far as on offense yet to decide who the back should be. But I think experience-wise, Justin Davis has proven himself. He's a hard-running kid. He plays hard. But I'm not really in favor of a lot of rotations. You've heard me talk about this before, and I know we have Tommy Robinson back, and Tommy Robinson wants everybody to be happy. But at the same time, you've got to have your best players on the field all the time. You want players to be able to do both. And I think one area that the offensive backs have got to be improve on, and I'm going to not be critical, I'm going to be just right up front what I saw, and that's pass blocking. Their pass blocking abilities have not been up to standard of what a running back should do should pass block as far as technique-wise, as far as blocking the right person, as far as chip-off blocking, all of the different things that you have to do to, to support and protect your quarterback. Find the open area when you, when you don't have someone to block, throw the ball, curl to the right area, run the seams, 
do the things that you have to do to add to the offense. You're not just a running back. And I think sometimes backs get that idea that I'm a running back. Okay, we call you a running back. Why don't we just call you a back? And why don't you become a complete football player by taking as much time learning how to pass block and catch the football and run the football as anybody else would do and do all three. So I would think that they need to work on that a lot. I know that Davis is bigger than Jones and and so on, but you've got to be able to create the abilities to do it all. But you start to formulate tendencies as far as from your opponent, as far as he's in the game, he's in the game with different plays that you call and do. But I think both backs are capable of learning, and I think they need to do that. As far as having the big fullback this year, they don't have it. So they're going to have to design different type of passing schemes to be able to cover up for that so they don't get the rush and they're able to be able to throw the football and stretch the field and run the football and do all the things we talk about every year. Um, Coach, I want to talk about wide receivers. Uh, man, there's a lot of wide receivers on the roster. Not, not all of them are going to be there in the spring. Uh, but I, I guess the big criticism last year was it was just so much focus on Juju Smith he had, he just dominated the statistics and no one was even close behind him. Um, do you expect that to kind of change in the spring? Maybe that's one of the changes that Clay Hilton will make and, um, try to work someone else in. I don't know if we'll see a, a number two emerge like a Stephen Mitchell or Darius Rogers or Isaac Whitney or any of those guys. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what happens with this, the, the wide receivers. There's a lot of them. <laughs> we should see a lot, but I don't know if anyone's going to kind of challenge and become that number two guy. Well, obviously, you have to have a, a number two guy, number three guy, number four guy, and you got to really consider them all equal, yet they're not. Over the past couple of coaching staffs, there's always been one guy they always go to, one guy. You can go back and you you know who they are. I don't even have to go Aguilar to Woods to uh, Schuster. Every year, there's one guy that's going to catch the majority of the balls, which which happens on on most programs, but not to the majority of the numbers that USC does. You've got to be able to spread the field more and take advantage of these great receivers you have. It's not like Stevie Mitchell and these other guys, Darius Rogers, and we can go on and on, as you said, aren't great receivers. They're all great receivers. You just got to, get to give them a chance to mature and catch the football and gain the confidence that they should have, along with the quarterback having confidence in throwing the football to them. All it does is make you a better football team, including the tight end. You know, you hear me talk every year about the tight end. I mean, they take no advantage of their tight ends in the seams. They're learning how to curl to the open area or, or the deep post corner or some of the things that you should utilize with your tight end. So I think they hurt themselves when they have a number one guy that they go to so often that they lose the confidence of the passing game and the reliability of your other receivers. You've got to be able to know that all these receivers are great receivers. Because what happens? It's just common. Receivers say they hear a pass call, and they go, well, they loaf on this play. Why are they not going to get the ball? It's a surprise to them if they get the ball. So you've got to be able to start from the beginning, understand that, and Schuster's got to understand it too, that, hey, you're a great player, but you're not going to get all the balls. So if you're going to go and pout in the corner, go down to the sandbox and do that. But if you want to be a great receiver on a great team that has the opportunity of taking advantage of what your arsenal is on as far as the passing game is concerned, 
share the love a little bit. It'll just make you be better and get bigger plays. You've got to be able to hit the tight end. Look at Alabama in the championship game, how many times they hit their tight end and the big plays he made. Utilize those type of players. Utilize them and make everybody else better. Uh, that's a good point, Coach. And you mentioned the tight ends. I don't even want to, we don't, I don't think we really even need to preview the tight ends. We just don't know what's going <laughs> That is not used very often. Uh, Taylor McNamara is back. He's going to be a redshirt senior. Tyler Petit. We'll see Daniel Emmetor Bebe. Um, and then eventually t- uh, freshman Kerry Angeline. I don't know. I mean, do you want to mention anything about the tight ends? We just don't know much because they just don't get used very often. Well, that's one thing I'm looking forward to seeing in the spring, Brian, when you talk about changes and what you're looking forward to seeing. I want to see what they're doing with the tight ends. I want to see if they're going to utilize them and, and take advantage of who they are and what they can do to a defensive secondary and what they can do to open up your offense. And you've got to do this to make everybody else better. And if you don't do this, you don't know what you're doing. And I mean, just answer it that way. For uh, the offensive line, another position where there is a lot of depth, um, and, you know, people coming back, of course, Max Turek's gone. You know, Zach Banner's uh, going to return. He flirted with going to the NFL. Could be some switches. You know, with Zach Banner wants to stick at that left tackle spot. We don't know if Chad Wheeler will get it back. Um, what are you looking for as far as the offensive line goes, knowing that there's a lot of veterans and guys are just kind of coming back and probably taking their old roles? Well, what I'm looking for, I'm hoping that it's a more an aggressive offensive line. It's a more nasty offensive line. It's a more athletic offensive line. Where can I tell you that? Well, I don't know if there's another term to add to it about a pass-blocking offensive line. Uh, I'm looking for guys to become more athletic when you pull and you run and you move and you can hit a moving target and you finish a block and you don't have confusion on who's going to block who. I mean, uh, this is what I'm looking forward to, looking forward to the attitude as far as the coach on the field. I think we need a guy that, uh, you know, turns his hat backwards, and this guy certainly, Callaway, has a background of, of coaching and playing in that type of environment, and I hope they allow him to at USC to coach uh, and be who he is. I hope they don't come in and they say, well, no, there's not going to be any uh, cursing on this field. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating cursing, but I'm saying don't take away the ability of what a coach can do and how he talks to his players and how he motivates them to be a better football player and a better person. And I think sometimes uh, guidelines are put down and they take away the ability of a coach because he can't do this and you can't do that and you got to do this, you know. There's too many rules and regulations that you put to a coaching staff where the ability of those coaches cannot be utilized as while who and who they are. I think the offensive line, you know, when you look at them, uh, you know, uh, need to run to the line of scrimmage. They need to be able to uh, understand what they're supposed to do. I hope they go back to a huddle, but they won't because that's not what they do. Uh, I don't know if it's important to run hurry-up offensive plays because uh, what good does it do if you don't know what you're doing and do it the right way and correct way? I like the huddle effect. You can huddle a yard behind the line of scrimmage, turn around, and at least you're looking at your quarterback and your offensive line is looking at your quarterback and you're not looking to the sidelines and all of the above. So, But I don't know. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the guys to be more aggressive. I don't know who's playing where. Because they moved everybody around all the time, as you just mentioned. I don't know who the centers are going to be. I don't know who the guards are going to be. I don't know who's going to play on what side or the other side. Who's going to be the left tackle or right tackle. 
But what I'm looking for is for them to become more aggressive, uh, more athletic, and all the tools and techniques that they use in off- as an offensive line. And that's basically what I'm looking at as far as this offensive line compared to the offensive lines of the past. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Neil Callaway, it'll be interesting to see. There's been new offensive line coaches every year. So that that's a position we've seen changes as far as practices go. So be interesting to see what what does what goes on there, Coach. Um, we can switch to the defensive side. On the defensive line, a lot of seniors are gone. Uh, a lot of freshmen became sophomores. Um you know, there's there's not a lot of upperclassmen depth, I guess you could say, especially at the defensive end spot. There's no juniors or seniors that I see uh, on the roster. Um, it's going to be a lot of changes on the defensive line. And, you know, you have a new coach, Kenichu Deze, who, you know, we saw at the end of the year in the bowl game and stuff. But, you know, it seems to be well-liked, um, but he hasn't obviously coached this position before. It's a young position. you got a rookie head coach. What are you expecting to see? Uh, from the spring on the defensive line? Well, I'm looking for a, a young coach to coach young players and be real enthusiastic and be who he is, and allow him to be who he is. Otherwise, why did you hire him? Uh, he'll become close to his players because he's not that much older than them, but they have all the respect in the world for who he is. Allow him to coach, allow him to get after it, allow him to be aggressive, allow him to get excited. And get your players excited. You got to be excited. You got to play excited on the defensive side of the football. And I'd love to see him, uh, the defensive Pentagrass coach and, 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 and Clay Helton uh, coaching both sides of the football now, which I assume he's doing as a head football coach. Uh, encourage aggressiveness. Encourage excitement. Encourage getting after people. And uh, I think that uh, the techniques that are done are not, there's no new techniques. It's how you utilize it and the enthusiasm that you do it. He's, he's, he knows all the techniques that Ed Orgeron or anybody else uses. It's a discipline and when you do it and how you pursue and if you play hard and do you take a rest on a play here or there and do you allow somebody to get away with that. Now when you have young talent, you tell that talent you're going to play. You can look around and you can see there's six or eight of us standing here, three or four of you, you're going to be playing. Who are they going to be? You're going to determine that by the way you practice. Any way get after it. And uh, I think that you would allow that to happen. I think that's one position on the team for sure. Well, someone's going to be determined who the starters are. There's nobody that deserves to start. It's who's go- who is it going to be. And I think they've got talent there and people that are, that are ready to play. They played a lot of downs, Green and, and Jefferson and these guys as young players. Now they got to get a little bit more intent, a little bit more tougher. they got to grow up. You've always used it. You heard hear me use the term, it's time to become a man, son. And I think this is what you do with the defensive line, and, and you've got to have confidence. Because, well, if you don't have confidence in them, then what are you going to do? You're going to play? No. So you better develop that type of confidence in these guys that, hey, you're the guys that are here. You're the guys that are going to play. So we might as well get after it, and this is who we open with. So uh, I think that's the attitude that you got to have there with the defensive line and really get after it, build a lot of confidence, and make them nasty as they can be, and uh, get after it. Um, for the linebacker spot, you have a you know Johnny Nansen moving over from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, pretty good numbers there. I mean, obviously bringing in the the really good class last year with freshman um, linebackers. You know, we see Cameron Smith. Um, 
you know, he ended up getting injured, but Osa Messina and Port Augustine both made contributions and guys like Elijah Wan Tucker and Uchenna and Wusu, Michael Hutchins will be a senior, guys like Jabari Ruffin and, and Quentin Powell and Scott Felix will be seniors. So there's kind of a good mix of veteran guys, not guys maybe that have a ton of experience, but you know, there's some and, um, and some young guys too. What do you, what do you expect out of the, the linebacker position? Well, Cameron Smith will be back, and I think that he's a leader on the defensive side of the football, and that'll be good. He had a great year as a freshman, and I think their defense dropped off some after he left. I think that, uh, you know, they're as good as what everybody says they are as far as the recruiting polls, and, uh, you know, then they ought to be pretty good. Uh, that Did you forecast these players correctly when you recruited them? Are they the type of players that are playing the right position? Are they as good as what they're supposed to have been? They're all four and five stars, stars, guys the whole time. The whole world raved over the Messinas and Gustin uh, and and all these guys that came in. So why shouldn't they be? You know, even uh, Jabari Ruffin, I mean, he has played so little football. Quentin Powell has played so little. John Houston is, you know, he came in as a four or five star player. He hasn't played hardly at all. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, if these players are right and you recruited the right players, then they should be able to play. And they should be able to play defensive end and put pressure on the quarterback and, and be able to perform their technique and responsibilities and get off the end and get a rush on somebody and come up the field and contain and be disciplined as a football team. So if they're the players that supposedly – were recruited, you know, you can always say we had a number one recruiting class, but you never know if you had a number one recruiting class until they play. And I think now these guys, after being freshmen, they got to play. Other schools win with freshmen and sophomore linebackers all over the country. So why shouldn't USC have the same type of success if they have the same type of players? So I look at this as a coaching uh, situation. Michael Hutchings hadn't really done much so far. Tucker got some time in last year as far as playing. Time that he matures and becomes a man. Messina, he's got to become a man. Gustin's got to become a man. These guys have got to turn in and know that they're the guys to get it done on the defensive side of the football. And you've got to put them into a scheme that fits their personality and fits their athletic ability so they can perform. Otherwise, you've made mistakes recruiting. Coach, one last position group, um, at least for the offensive defense goes. Uh, the secondary, um, should be interesting to kind of see Ronnie Bradford's coming in. Um, worked with Clancy Pendergast. Clancy really, you know, champion to bring Ronnie Bradford in there. It'll be interesting. He's got a lot of, uh, energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Want to see what he's doing out there. Um, but what do you, what do you think about the secondary overall and what do you expect to see in the spring? Well, you know, I expect him to be, uh, a talented secondary. Uh, I think that with an aggressive up front, you're going to have to play a lot of man, and I think that's what Pendergrass wants to play, a lot of man defense. So you got to find two corners. you got to find some lock-on corners so you can't play man. Let's just face it. So who are those corners going to be? Dory Jackson? Hope so. He's taking the spring off. I didn't think Dory had as good a year last year as he did his freshman year. I think that he was getting too involved in doing everything and not taking care of what his number key number one position is, which is defensive corner. To be a corner and to be a number one draft choice and play that well at one position, you got to emphasize that that's your position. 
you got to be running all over the field doing this, doing that, and everything else, especially when you have a lot of great receivers. Not that he's not an exciting offensive football player, but if you're going to be a great defensive team, hey, you put him on whoever their great, great guy is, and you say, take him. I think on the other side, I think Marshall, who got a lot of playing time, I think he ought to be moved inside. Now, this is just all my opinion. He's physical. He's more of an inside type of safety back, I believe, than a corner. They went after him a lot last year. I felt sorry for him they, and, 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 and because he they threw routes to him, which is almost impossible for him to cover. But he worked hard. He plays hard. He's a winner. So you got to get your winners on the field and put them in a position where they can be successful. And also you've got some other corners that have to come along. And if they were the type of corners that you thought they were, Langley and, and Lockett and, and, of course, this young kid, Jackie Jones, coming in from Long Beach Poly and some of the other corners that you have, well, you got to put them in a position uh, where they can play. I think Jamal Cook would be a great safety coming in. You've got Plattenberg back, Hawkins back, Marvell uh, Tell back, Ukili uh, Ross back. you got C.J. Pollard coming in. I mean, hey, you got numbers, and these guys are four- and five-star players. Now it comes down to the same thing. If you've got all these four- and five-star players and you can't play great coverages and, and – and stop the run and do everything you're supposed to do, then what's happened here? Either not coaching them or you got the wrong players. Because I don't know anybody else uh, that got better players as far as recruiting charts are concerned. And, Ryan, you're very much involved in that. So if I'm wrong on what I'm saying, you tell me. Supposedly you have the top players in the country or as many as anybody else does, then you should get great secondary play. Would you agree with me? Sure, Coach. (laughs) But, yeah. but you know, am I right or wrong on what I'm saying as far as all of these players oh, yeah, that I mean, they recruited everyone, out of high school? Everyone in the secondary is four or five star coming out of high school, yeah. So there's a lot of talent there. If there's the talents there and you evaluate them correctly and you coach them per, uh, and you put them in the correct position, then what's the question mark about the secondary? Secondary should be good and maturing and be able to play football. Coach, one last one. We couldn't. You sure you want to ask me? We want to talk special teams, coach. We got okay, it. Okay. Okay. Well, is that, oh, is there, was there another one you want to talk about? But special teams. Oh, no, jo- I'm just following your lead. Here. Yeah. Well, John Baxter coming back. Um, so Zach Smith is the longtime long snapper. He'll be a, a red, you know, a redshirt senior. No, he's, a, I think he's just a plain senior. Sorry. Um, so we'll probably see Matt Boremeister now. Uh, probably see, uh, Chris Tilby. Uh, Michael Brown's going to come in as a, uh, a blue shirt. We expect to see him in the fall. Um, but just in the, you know, in the spring, I bet before when John Baxter was around, there was a lot more emphasis on special teams. Having someone just running special teams, I'm a, a fan of. Um, I do like having that aspect where you have one coach that kind of runs everything as, as opposed to all the coaches have a little piece. Now, the, the other coaches will still have a little piece, but someone's in charge of all the special teams. I kind of like that. Um, uh, and that's his main job. What are your thoughts on uh, the special teams unit for USC and what do you expect to see this spring? Right. I, excuse me. I agree with you. I think it's great to have a special teams coach, and everyone knows who's responsible for the uh, special teams, and you have someone making sure you got the right number of players on the field and a guy that has a lot of pride in it like John Baxter does as far as the number of punts he's blocked, the number of field goals that they blocked, and all the different stats that go along with the special teams game. I think it's important. I'd like to see him stay more basic as he did at Michigan. 
like to see him uh, spend time as he will do, I assume, on the proper uh, coverages and the proper blocking schemes and the things that are necessary to have great special teams. I think the number one thing, if anything was lacking, was the kickers as far as the kicking game, as far as not having the confidence in your field goal kicker and not having the confidence in in, in him uh, not only making field goals but also kicking the ball into the end zone for touchbacks. I think that's something that you eliminate the opportunity of great field position from the offensive side of the football when you're kicking off and also uh, on the big plays. So I think that's a great confidence thing. I think you've got to find a kicker this spring or find a kicker somewhere sometime that somewhere on campus that knows how to kick the football. And I think that's something that's been lacking as far as with the Trojans so far. And I don't mean to point at any one player because I'm not using any one name, but I think if we all went to the same game, we noticed the same thing. I think that he won't be as quite as cute as he was before when he was there with Kiffin shifting all over the field and going up for two-point conversions and all of this, and people say, why did you do that? Why did you do that? I think all those whys have got to gone, be gone. If you want to go for a two-point conversion and you need a two-point conversion running with your offense, who works on it all the time and should know that two-point play or whatever two-point play you have in the arsenal to be able to get that two-point play, not depend on tricking somebody at USC. So I think that if you stayed at the fundamentals of the kicking game and you improve with the kickers, you get your coverages down. Your punter knows exactly uh, the punting type of uh, pooch punt and deep punt and where you are on the field and the coverages of all of these and the blockings of all of these and get some big plays as far as, you know, punt returns and, and also block punts and all of this, which John Baxter can can do because he certainly has proved he can do this. I think there will be a big improvement in the special team. Coach, great stuff on that. We have one more question for you, and then if you had any other thoughts on spring football, we'll, we'd love to hear them. But Tark wants to know, how does a team develop a tough attacking mentality in practice, and what should Clay Helton and his staff do to accommodate that? Well, how do they – well, you know, players just follow their leaders. I mean, it's like anything else. If you're in the, in the Marines – or if you were having to service some of you people, which I was, I was tough because I was afraid of my sergeant. He made me tough. Because if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I had, I had a lot of problems on my shoulders. And I think that you've got to have a fear factor with your players, yet you've got to have respect from your players, and you've got to give your players a lot of love. Your players want to really put out for you, and they want you to win as an individual, as a coach, and for the university and team. And you can't talk about it. You've got to demonstrate it yourself with who you are. You've got to be able to teach it that way in practice. They've got to know there's not another way or there's not an easy way of doing anything. There's only one way to get it done, and that's through hard work. Don't come to USC and let you plan on outworking the other team and, and, and beating them the way you're supposed to beat them. Just don't come here. And I think that if you stop that type of, if you start that type of attitude and they see it in the weight room and they see it on the field and they see it you know with your helmets on and not off and always buckle up ready to play and have your number called all of a sudden it starts to rub off on them and that this is all true that we are tougher than the other guy we are who we are you can't talk about who you're supposed to be are supposed to be you got to be who you are and that's another thing i'm looking for in spring practice and that identity how many times have you heard us all talking about what's the identity of USC? 
Is it a running team, a passing team? Is it a tough team? Is it a soft team? Who are they? Well, I hope it starts here on the first day of practice tomorrow at USC in the spring. Find out just what type of football team or what type of football program that can be expected in the new years of head for Coach Clay Hill. Coach, well put. I think that was a really good uh, little preview of what's gonna what we could expect at spring football. I look forward to seeing you out there, Coach, in our little uh, our little encampment there where we get to watch practice from the small little portion of the field. But it should be it should be fun. Make sure you bring a ladder, will you? <laughs> so I can stand on top of the ladder and see around the field. You can get up over my shoulders if you want, Coach. You know. All right, I'll do that. I can bring a ladder. Or I'll stand on top of your shoulders so I make make sure I can see the entire field. Okay? Might be a little muddy with all the rain we got today. I don't think it's supposed to rain tomorrow or anything. But man, like the it'll be interesting to see what condition the field's in because it was just if you're not in Southern California, it just got you know doused. And finally, the El Nino stuff came through. We just got a lot of rain today. I would be a bit surprised if they moved the practice over to the track facility because they're afraid they might tear up the turf. Yeah, that could happen. So That, that could happen. But you want me to tell you something? You can always replace the turf. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, practice where practice is supposed to be. Yeah, it just might be tough if you, tear it up. if you screw it up on the first day. It's not like you can replace it in a cares? day. Who cares? Hey, let me tell you. It's football. It's <laughs> a football facility, okay? Hey. That's what we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to get better. And we're not going to be out there where you can't run around. You're running on the track. You're slipping around. Hey, that's our football field out there, guys. Let's go out and play football. I love it. All right, Coach. Great stuff. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, welcome back. We'll keep you. Uh, we'll, we'll call to you next week and find out what you thought of the first week of spring football. Okay, buddy. Thank you, and I uh, appreciate all you listeners out there. And if you have any questions, just get back to us and. Uh, Take care of yourselves. All right. Thanks, Coach. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm at Inside Troy. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll do more this week. We'll have Dan Weber, maybe Gerard Martinez on, maybe Shotgun again. He'll be out at the uh, Pac-12 Championship in Las Vegas. So we'll do more podcasts and stuff this week. A lot going on this week with spring football starting. So thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.